You're in Georgia? I am, yes, sir. North what, Georgia. What part? Uh, in between Cartersville and Canton. I don't know if you're familiar with Georgia. We're about an hour north of Atlanta and an hour south of Chattanooga. Okay. So we're right, right up on. in northwest. You're in Colorado, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm about an hour north of Denver, but I've I've been through Georgia a lot. On I used to tour manage bands, um, and I've spent a lot of time in Atlanta and, and Athens and um, a few other places. But it's a it's a good state. I love it. Yep, good people. So, I like Colorado. We went there. Um, we stayed in Fort Collins because my son. One year we we went and visited the Colorado State. Uh, okay. And then we went to Estes Park because we wanted to go see the Shining Hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, we stayed in, we stayed around Denver. Uh, we stayed at a little KOA, I think right outside of Denver. Uh, and then we kind of roamed around a little bit. We stayed at Estes Park in the winter one time. It was really fun. Yeah, cool. So not, I, not far from all that. I, I love, I love Colorado. It gave me mountain sickness, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with, uh, the mind-altering things here in this with this altitude, boy, it'll get you quick. Oh, it, it and it did, but I mean, I think part of that too was because I was like, okay, my my little redneck ass decided to go. We went in January, I think, uh, a couple of years ago. I took my wife before the babies were born, so I guess it was fourteen years ago. And I was like, I can go, and I'm I'm got my jeans, I got my hoodie, and I got a windbreaker. Middle of January, I it it kicked my tail. <laughs> it's got a bite to it doesn't I, it? I need layers from now on I, le- I learned the hard way so i think that had a lot to do with it too there you go and then the sickness so yeah, yeah, yeah. ryan this is how we, it's gonna be but it's just your conversation like we're doing now uh we'll listen to some of your music you feel free to shout out to anybody you want to uh doesn't bother me a bit so anybody you want to give okay. it to you're more than welcome anybody you want to shout the name to it you're welcome to that too all right right on so all of it's pre-recorded um i'll let you know before i release it so i'll, I'll just use the audio so we're oh okay we're good to go cool you, read, you, you read getting good audio from me uh yeah i'm getting pretty good i would do see i would do videos but like i said if you've heard the podcast anybody's listening knows i have horrible internet i'm i'm out here in the mountains and it's just it's bad i would love to do video i just i can't i don't have the internet speed to do it the bandwidth okay. is just way too slow so i just I can take the audio from Zoom and put it in the garage band and edit it that way. Okay, cool. I get yeah. it, man. I'm on, on this satellite internet. I, we're out in the country here too. Do you got uh Starlink? Uh it's Rise Broadband, little oh, okay. satellite thing. I don't know. Okay. I don't know who they're using, but Starlink is that a uh, Elon Musk one that he shoots on that. Cause he, he does like the midway everywhere seems to have it, but where I'm at, like this part of Georgia, it's not here. And I'm like, my internet is 10. That's what I get right now. That's 10, <laughs> 10 is up. And I think that up or download and upload speed. I'm not even getting one. Maybe if I'm lucky, that's why I can't uh, stream because it, it just won't work. But uh, I mean, if they put internet fast internet, everybody would buy it. Right. Yeah. That's, it's almost best if you can get away without the speed and live life at a at a older school pace. That's probably a good thing. <laughs> My uh, oldest son is in South Georgia. He's in Warner Robins, and he's got like four hundred speed. He's got like the gig. He's got like the uh, the what they call that. Um, 
what is that fiber? Oh he's yeah, fiber. So he's he's old. <laughs> Absolutely hard to go backwards. I bet. Right. <laughs> well, let's just jump. Go ahead and jump an interview. I'm gonna keep a lot of this because it's kind of fun. I'm enjoying talking to you. All right, cool. Hi, everybody. This is the Georgia Songbirds, and uh, you've kind of been listening a little bit to our conversation. But uh, this is Mr. Ryan Dart from Colorado. Uh, introduce yourself, Ryan. Tell us a little bit about you. Hey, brother. Thanks for the the invite. Um, my name's Ryan Dart. I've just been playing music and writing songs now for a bunch of years. But um, last year, put out my fifth solo record, and um, you know, just songwriting's always been the the main focus for me. The thing I get the most joy from, um, and it's allowed me to to play with a lot of different musicians and and just process the highs and lows of life you know so now, i used to uh i used to tour manage bands um i've traveled i've been lucky enough to travel all around the world with music and in, in different capacities either tour managing or guitar teching or different different things along the way um every chance i get to play music my own music is always the best part of the day but um right. You know, we all got bills to pay and we got to keep moving forward towards our dreams, whatever, whatever that looks like. Now, you said tour manager. What any band, any big bands or artists that you managed around, did some touring with? Yeah, I used to tour. I started out tour managing a band called Rose Hill Drive. Um, and we went through Georgia a lot, played a Smithsville bar a bunch mm -hmm. and uh, the Tabernacle opening for the Black Crows. Um, been all over Europe and the UK with those guys. And then, uh, then they kind of took a hiatus. So I started guitar teching for a band called Dinosaur Jr. Um, and did a lot of traveling with those guys. And then most recently I was tour managing Ryan Bingham. Um, so did two or three years on the road with, with Bingham and, um, learned a lot from him and, and kind of really, that really helped me get some, some more on the ground, uh, experience with, with that Americana style of, of music that, that I resonate with and, and love so much. Um, so he's been a, a huge influence of mine and, uh, just a, a great dude to, to hang with. So how long have you been playing yourself then? Let's see. I've probably, you know, I've really, uh, I released my first EP in 2011. Um, before that, I was, I was playing and writing for a long time before that, like since I was 14, probably. Okay. But I was probably spending more time and energy um, with drugs and alcohol and chasing women than I was my music career. So uh, just to be frank with you, that's that was uh, looking back. That's something I really I really should have pivoted and, and put more energy into my own music instead of um, just helping other people with with their music back in the day. But 
you know, we're always learning and growing. And, and so, um, back in 2011, I recorded my own music for the first time and started taking it serious. Um, probably 20, 2013, 2014, right around the time my son was born. Now, uh, how do you, how many kids you got? I got one son. He's, one son. he's nine years old now. Okay. I've got twins that are 13 and my oldest is 26. He's about, Amazing. To, get, he's about to get married uh, October 13th. It's the Friday the 13th. They wanted to get married on Friday the 13th. <laughs> so, okay. Very cool. <laughs> Can't be no worse than my first marriage. So whatever. <laughs> if it works for you, <laughs> by all means. Oh man, that's awesome. Well, you know what it's like. I'm I'm in the midst of a divorce right now myself. So, um, that's that. In my, I'm hoping. I'm trying to look at the bright side, and I'm hoping that going through this this divorce, um, and coming out the other side, I've been writing a lot of music, and I, I think a lot of my favorite records are breakup records or divorce mm-hmm. records that other people wrote. So I'm I'm hoping this this. Uh, has kind of pushed me to dig a little deeper into my songwriting. Yeah. I seen after I got remarried, I said, I'll tell you that the, the bright side is if you ever get married again, the second one is usually the best. <laughs> Cause okay. then you already know what to do and not to do. And he's like, you know what? This, <laughs> this, I told my wife, this is how I am. This is me. This is what I'm not going to change. If you can deal with this. Great. But, but you're right. I wrote, I wrote a lot of good songs through divorce. And then now it's like, I'm happy. It's like, what do I write? I don't want to write about happy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they're always the hardest to write those happy tunes they are and i think every songwriter i have this conversation a lot and i think every songwriter like when you go play live and you know this you know you got to play something up each you gotta you gotta you can put in some slow songs here and there but you for the most part you want to keep the crowd energetic and going and i think the only people that really appreciate sad slow songs are other songwriters yeah yeah so or those, I've noticed those people who are are going through their own dark times. They they resonate with those slower tunes. But mm-hmm. um, you know, that's you're right. You have to you have to mix it up, and, and you can't just can't just play sad sad songs all the time, and and uh, keep everybody engaged. Yep, I found you can do some drinking songs though. Those seem to go yep. pretty well. There you go. They can still be sad songs. Just got to pick the tempo up a little bit, I guess. Right. That's what rock does. A lot of rock of it is kind of sad stuff. If you read the lyrics, but it's, you're listening to the beats and the guitars and it's, it's like, okay, that's kind of, that's really good. Absolutely. Now was I reading, are you a farmer too? Yeah. So, um, so I was doing all that touring and, and, uh, my son, was about to be born and and we just wrapped up uh, a 13 show tour i was still working with ryan bingham and we we did a 13 show tour with bob dylan wilco and my morning jacket Mm -hmm. and that was great i love all those all those bands but i was realizing that i can't travel 200 days a year and be there for my son when he's growing up so Um, I kind of stepped back from the touring life and, uh, we got a little, a little slice of land out here and started farming the high plains desert, trying to make a go at at farming. And, um, 
I love the work. It really feels like um, something we're we're meant to do more of. I think as humans, feels good. But um, and mostly, it turns out it's just good a good place to pull content for writing songs because uh, you're not getting rich with a small farm out here. It's it's we're not society's not set up to support the folks of small family farms these days. Right. Um, so yeah, still, still doing some farming. I was out there yesterday cleaning out the raspberry canes and prepping the asparagus beds after my day job. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a labor of love at this point. So how many uh, acres you got? We got 10 acres. Okay. That's kind of like so, what we had in Putnam. We had 18 acres in Putnam County. I uh, lived around, when I was born, we lived around Milledgeville. And uh, so I remember we had cows and I remember feeding cows, watching them with bottles. I was little, I was like five. So I doubt I did anything, but I remember watching them feed the, the cows with bottles. And then I remember being chased by a headless chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scared <laughs> the crap out of me. <laughs> and and I, I remember, um, I, this is the funny, I don't know if I told this story or not on the, on the air. I had, uh, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember I ran away from home. That's the first time I ran away from home. I made it to the woods. I didn't get very far, but I was, I've, everybody's come looking for me. And I remember why it was the silliest thing in the world. Thinking about it now, they took my pancake. Oh, I was, so I was, I was like, you know, I was a kid. I was stomping off into the ground. I'm leaving. And I left and they let me walk out into the middle of the woods. And then they came and got me, came and got me when I got lost. <laughs> oh that's amazing that's an important thing when you're a kid oh yeah that sugary pancake means a lot it does still does <laughs> i mean if you saw me i i like to eat so pan don't take my pancakes <laughs> i'm serious about my pancakes i hear you man yeah I, I grew up in arkansas um out on the family farm same kind of thing just planting food trying to trying to survive out in the in the wilderness but arkansas and georgia are both great places to farm compared to out here is just so dry and a couple inches of topsoil you guys got a couple feet down there yeah and we don't get the winters like you do <laughs> right yeah. we, we, every now and then like it's cold here but i mean for today it was cold but i, I imagine there it's probably really cold what's the temperature in colorado right now uh right now today it's probably 45 50 so it's it's starting to warm up so I, okay, that's what it is here. It's like forty six, and but it was like thirty degrees this morning. It lasted for the longest time. And my day job, I have a pest control company. Well, I can't put anything out when it's that cold, so I have to wait till it thaws out. Well, by the time it thaws out here, my my rig isn't unthawed yet, so I have to wait. It messes everything up when it gets cold. But I think this is our last kind of cold spell we're gonna have. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, let's listen to one of your songs, Ron. Which one do you want us to do first? You know, um, maybe something from that new record, Edge of the Wild. Okay. Had a good time making this record. I think uh, you know, one of the, the more upbeat ones that's been getting a lot of radio play out here is These Days. If you want to check that one out. Sure. Like I said, I'm a songwriter too, so I like to hear the stories. What's the story behind These Days? Well, I guess, uh, I guess part of it has to do with um, – with the farm here and just you know those we had those uh we had a lot of downtime around covid and and 
kind of just seemed like we were life slowed down, even though it wasn't, wasn't easy. It felt like we were taking it a little easier than usual. Mm. Um, and, um, I don't know, man, I was wanting something that was a little more upbeat. Cause I, like we were talking about earlier, it's easy to write those sad tunes. And, and so this one, um, this one kind of came together as a, as a break from, from some of the, the sadder, slower numbers. And, um, when I'm playing live, there's a, a song off a previous record called, um, time won't let me that I, I usually play right before this one. Cause they, they kind of go well together, a little juxtaposition. Okay. Isn't it, isn't it funny how like with COVID, I know a lot of people, um, they got stuck with each other. Right. And I think the family value stuff came out a little bit more as far as like they were sitting there eating because they had to, they had to sit there and eat dinner with each other and had to talk. And I know, I know it broke up a lot of families, but it, I think it brought a lot of people together too. And for songwriters, we did get a lot of time to write. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how Definitely. that works. All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to mute us and then I'll play these days. Just give me a thumbs up when you hear it. Okay.
We've been through hell and back, my friend Giving up on biting my tongue Lifted up and nearly saw the end It's been a good year All the right reasons Too much time Gambling on the weather Things are turning around Feeling alive Right here on the edge of the wild Right here on the edge of the wild couple songs on that record that actually you know were upbeat more rock and roll numbers not sad singer songwriter kind of tunes so yeah i I make my notes here always when i listen to this stuff it reminds me it's got a very like a john mellencamp meets the wallflowers kind of uh vibe on okay is it good your voice is really good and it's kind of it's such a you, you have such an easy tone with your voice and you don't try to do a whole lot of different stuff. And there's not a lot of effects with it. It's, it's really good. And I like that. I like that. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sitting there listening to see, and you're like, like me, I know my voice, I'm not gonna ever hit high notes or go crazy. So I like to listen and kind of see stuff that I can do to make it better. And I mean, I just love the way you were just, you're in control the whole time. Right on. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's, it's, um, just out of necessity i can't hit those high notes <laughs> and uh that's probably why i like some of the the things i like is because it's more like you said things that you might have a chance of doing as well right i, I tell people because i've got a growl i've got a very growly voice i i can't do like sexy sad or sexy like jazzy songs because you don't want to hear me in the dark it's going to scare the hell out of you so <laughs> i'm just not going to try <laughs> stay in your wheelhouse right? that's right i do a lot of heathenist <laughs> musical drinking and, and partying that's what i grew up on uh is that you playing to get the guitars and stuff or who's playing all that uh, i'm playing the the acoustic uh, rhythm track that's my friend daniel sproul on the electric guitar tearing that one up he's um he's just one of those guys that i wish i could play guitar like him he's amazing um he was the guitar player in that band Rose Hill Drive that I worked with. And we've been friends for 20 years now. And um, I just, he's a total ringer. You know, I know, I know he's gonna, 
he's gonna bring the the heat whatever whatever mm-hmm. he does um he produced another record of mine um uh, called drifter's heart and he he played a bunch of stuff on that record as well and that one that one seems to to get some um so far i think that one gets played the most uh, of the the older records um and uh yeah he's just a he's a natural he's got an ear for it and he can do that that big time rock and roll stuff um and still play an acoustic guitar like like nobody's business so yeah did he produce that one too or just play on it um he just played on that i think you know i kind of my my friend ryan young he came out from austin texas and and did most of the production on this record um daniel definitely put in his two cents as well but but ryan young was was my main producer on that one he had the, the time to come out and we started that uh the tracking up at this this uh cabin in the pooter canyon kind of west of fort collins mm-hmm. and that was another influence on that the chorus and that being on kind of right on the edge of the wild that place is just far enough away from civilization that there's there's not really any um you know there's no cell service there's no services for a lot of miles um and it lets you get out into the the country which isn't always easy to do in our modern life um that first day we went up and we kind of set up a mobile recording studio in this in this cabin and the first night it was i don't know it was probably six o'clock we just got everything going and i was i started my first vocal and all of a sudden the lights flickered and the the power went out (laughs) and so we're like what's going on this isn't gonna be good so stepped out on the front porch just to get some fresh air and see what was going on because and it, it had started raining it didn't seem too bad, but I looked out over this, over the, the Poudre river and there was a wall of water and timber and huge boulders rolling down. There was a flash flood coming down the Canyon. Wow. There was, there was cars and like this, it was just spinning this van down the river. Like it was a toothpick that just got thrown in the river. And um, I'll never forget that night. That was a, a crazy way to start this album off. Right. That's got to kind of scare you too. Like, uh, stay over on that side of the river. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, we were up on the hillside enough that we weren't in danger of of getting washed away ourselves. But it was it was intense. The road was was washed out, and um, four four people died in that that flash flood it was, it was a sad night but um trying to i'm still working on that song you know the the flash flood song i needed some time to kind of get away from that didn't make this record but um maybe the, maybe the next record will have the that song influence there yeah i mean I, you said that i'm i'm washed and i just uh wrote down a song title like washed away you know i was thinking that's a that's a good good thing for a title for a song yeah. and then i wouldn't take it that that serious i would take it you know like i'm like he's washed out or something that's just 
my song right now my songwriter mind is going yeah, in, in different it. directions and that's why that's why i do these i like i like to give her talk to everybody and let them get as much exposure as they can but you guys inspire me probably more than you realize just by listening to it you know that songwriters kind of pay attention to everything around them and i'm like oh, okay and so i like little nitpick and stuff that's why i like to co-write i love co-writing yeah right on man me too it's there's something really special about freeing up enough to collaborate with someone and realize that um doesn't matter whose verse gets used or who's right you're both as long as the best you're doing the best thing for the song mm -hmm. then you're you're doing it right that's right. a victory and i said if you ever want to co-write i always throw my name out there to people i love to i know people are getting funny with co-writing because it's like well I tell people it's like a date, you know, if it may work, it may not, but if you don't try, right. you, you never know. I mean, we all have different styles. I remember sitting down, you, you said that about the, uh, the retreat and this has come up a couple of times too. And I think I'm going to do this is I think I'm going to take the guys, uh, to like a cabin somewhere. I can remember Ella J or blue Ridge. Right. And we're going to have like our little writer retreat, just kind of go around, sit, sit the band like a bonfire and write music for the whole weekend. But I was doing that. I went to a, um, Oh, what was it? It was some, it's called, it's called Dreamers in the Round. My buddy Keith did it. Uh, it was some Nashville, some big time Nashville songwriters would come up and it was like a retreat. And we went up there and we got to write songs with them. And I remember I'm sitting there and I'm writing a song uh, with Steve, Steve Dean. And I'm like, this is so cool. I'm just sitting here with Steve Dean. You know, he's wrote for Alabama and Rodney Atkins and Reba. And I'm like, this is so cool. And he's helping me with my song. And the, just a, watch how it changed from what when I came into it was about a girl with short shorts, right? That was the first thing popped in my head. I had a, I had a rhythm. I had an idea. It turned into a lovey dovey song called honey bear. That was kind of, it was came around the same time that Blake came out with his, uh, what's that song he did about the bee honey bee. Is that what it was? So it came out around the same time. So I was like, well, okay. Blake Shelton. whatever he's Blake Shelton. Mine's never going to get picked up, but still damn it. <laughs> <laughs> never know man just gotta right. keep throwing it against the wall till it sticks right that's right that's right you just keep writing and that's what I, I love about writing how about you do you how do you sit down and write your songs or man it's it's a sickness i'm always writing <laughs> um that's one of the good things about a cell phone now i think is i've got that notes section oh, on my phone my, yes <laughs> um i don't have to write on a napkin or a or a piece of paper bag anymore if i'm out somewhere i can just make some notes on the phone and then when i have a chance to get to a guitar and, and put some ideas together um i do that but yeah I, i'm always like you said that songwriter brain you're always kind of in this observe observational place in your mind where you're looking for you're not consciously doing this, but you're, you're just always searching for those little, um, those little things that can evoke emotion, that sense bound language that, that really can help paint a picture for the listener. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, really there's, there's always those little pieces of songs that, that means something in particular to the songwriter that maybe doesn't get conveyed to the audience. And that's okay. Um, they, they don't always need to know the backstory because that kind of takes, 
takes the ownership away from them. You know, like it took me a while to learn that the, if somebody is listening to your song and they think it means one thing, but it means something totally different to you, that's okay. You've still done your job. You, you got them thinking and, and left enough to the imagination that they can um, kind of make their own story around that. And I think uh, that's a, that's really what we're trying to do is evoke some emotion in, in others. For me, I use it to process the, the pain of life and the highs of life and the struggle and all those things. I use that as a, a tool to process those things for me, but it is nice when you can play a song and, and evoke emotion in someone else that you, some stranger out there, you know? Yeah. I think as songwriters, our, our job is to make somebody cry. That's what I always like to do is like, Oh, I'll make you cry. But again, like I said, I think the sad songs are more appreciative for songwriters. If I can emote, it's, it is funny to watch, like, like I listen to this. I like to, when I ask you a story, I like to hear the stories behind it just because it's cool for me to understand it. But it is funny when you write a song and you listen to what people pick out and what's, what's their favorite part, because it's like, I have favorite every song I write. There's a part of it that I write. That's my favorite. Maybe not the whole song, but there's something in there that I like the most, whether it's a line or maybe it's a little guitar, something, just a guitar riff. It may be something in there, but to hear other people like, Ooh, this sticks out or, or this sticks out. It, if you're, if you pay attention to songwriter and don't get upset about like, Oh, they missed the whole point. See what they picked out. And that kind of helps you cater to, to other people. Yeah, it just it just it gives you faith that you're following the right path, you know. And definitely it's a I had a I remember playing a show in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, I think it was at the Blue Canoe and uh I just rolled into town and was playing a solo gig. I didn't I didn't have anybody there necessarily that I knew. Um and I, his show went well and I felt good about it. And, um, and afterwards somebody came up to me in there and they were still kind of teary eyed and they're like, just thank you so much. That one song you played remind me of my, my grandma and she just died yesterday. And it made me realize that you just, you never know what kind of struggles people are going through. And each one of us has that, that gift that we've been given. That's not what somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. So even, even if we're not getting songs picked up that are hitting the, the top 40 or whatever, we're, I feel like it's our duty as, as creatives to, to keep being creative and keep that dream alive that somebody out there, um, if we stay true to ourselves, there's somebody out there that that needs that because they don't have that voice, you know? Yeah. And I think if people are getting their emotional therapy from music wise from the top 40, you're missing on a lot of good music. <laughs> you just are. Yeah. <laughs> because it, that is made by, and I had a lady on, uh, I, I co-wrote with, and also she came on as a guest. She used to be like one of those, uh, I guess it's called H&R people that would just kind of listen to music and pick for the publishers like this song. Let's, let's, let's promote this one. Let's pitch this one. And she said it was all like a bunch of younger kids. And I remember I pitched a song one time and I had a line in there. It was about a dance. It's called the moment. And it was like, they're, uh, 
they're st- like what is it? They're floating on air, you know, because because they, they're dancing and there's a feel like they're floating on air. And the lady goes, "But how do they float on air? You can't float on air." Mm-hmm. And I'm just, she was like 19, 20 years old, had no clue, you know, about like the visual aspect of it, what it's supposed to mean. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm you might as well stop doing it now because I know you're not going to understand this song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. You can't really chase that stuff. I, uh, my opinion is you, you got to really just as difficult and challenging as it can be sometimes when you're not, um, you know, not necessarily making a full living off of music and, you know, don't have that second vacation home that the, <laughs> that the, the placement money has gotten you. You have to really, stay true to what you want to hear, you know, be the listener first and really stay true to what you want to hear and, and good things will happen. Even if it's just that, that handful of people that you, that you reach. All right. Well, you know, I would hear, I want to hear another one of your songs, which one you want to do <laughs> next, Ryan? Oh man. Um, let's see. And you just tell me where, which album, which song we can, we can do from your new album. We can do anyone you want. Your choice. I don't know. Do you choice. want to do something more upbeat, or you want to do one of these sadder tunes? Uh, I like sad, like I said, but I, I, it's your choice. I'm just your world right now. I'm just living in it. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um. Well, go to Drifter's Heart. This one's pretty slow and and sad, but this is that. The one, uh, Time Won't Let Me. Okay. And this is a song I wrote while um, kind of my mentor, uh, he got, all of a sudden he had found out he had stage four lung cancer. So I was spending a bunch of time down at the hospital kind of in his last few months of his life and uh, wrote this sitting on the edge of the of the hospital bed. And um, it's pretty sparse and, and slow, but. If you want sad, that's the one that that I feel like, at least for me personally, has that going on. Um, and I think my buddy Richard Bowden's on the on the fiddle on this one. Okay. Um, he he's the fiddle player for Ryan Bingham. We got to be good friends out on the road, and he's such a great guy. Um, he's been a real a real good influence on me, and and he's all over this this track. Okay. Well, like before, I'm going to mute us and play Time Won't Let Me. Just let me know when you hear it. Time won't let me let go of you You still got way too much to do Every day that slips away so fast Could be any of our last Broken lungs but a stubborn head can't slow down this dream from coming Save me from this hospital bed 
Let's just keep on running about a fiddle that's yeah just, that just it invokes an emotion regardless of whatever you're feeling at the time it's like when i listen to reggae music it makes me happy i just i can't i can't listen to shaggy and, and be in a bad mood so if i'm in a bad mood i put on some reggae and i'm like i'm, I'm a beat there's something about fiddles that just make you dream and think of like yesteryear you know just just does. I don't know what it is. I mean, unless you're playing Charlie Daniels and you're playing the hell out of it, but other than that, it's <laughs> right. still makes you feel something. Yeah, yeah. And Richard can do that, boy. He can he can get the 
get that fast honky tonk fiddle going. He he's he learned fiddle, kind of playing fiddle, trying to learn Jimi Hendrix stuff. Wow. So okay. he's and he does country. You know, he's got a long history down there in in Texas, but um, but yeah, he's he's a great dude. And and uh, Daniel Sproul's the guy playing those electric open electric parts on there as well. Okay. Yeah, I see what I like about slow songs too is they're like you don't have any really percussion in there. The instruments and your voice is just kind of driving the song. You don't and you don't need any of it. I mean, it's cool to have that stuff sometimes, but sometimes less is just more. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty sparse one there. It was really pretty. I like I like that song. Thanks, man. So you're uh are you doing anything like new album? I know you had that one that you released in April. Yeah, I released one um, in 2021, and then I re- released another one uh, last year in, in April. And then, you know, with with everything going on now with the with the divorce, it'll probably be next year before I put out the, the next one. But uh, okay. I'm definitely writing, trying out some of the new songs in the in the live set, just seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, but yeah, just getting getting used to being being back out there in a new way and and trying I'm trying on this next record to have a few more that are upbeat even if the con- lyrical content isn't uh, you know, sunshine and and roses. I'd like the the feel of it to be able to be upbeat and um but we'll see. Not not forcing it, just trying to trying to manifest some a good balance between those the slow ones and the and the upbeat numbers now when you put your albums together do you come up with like a theme and try to make the songs fit that theme or do you just kind of put whatever you want to into it how i usually work is i i write way more songs than will ever fit on the (laughs) record and and i go in the studio with an open mind because you just never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I've, I've had times where I go in the studio and I, I want it to go a certain direction. I, I think, well, this song is going to be the one and it's just not, it's just not working. Um, but you get that dark horse that it's like, oh, I just wrote this yesterday and that turns out to be the, the one that's, that's really flowing that day. So I think for those of us who don't have, um big recording budgets or maybe don't you know don't want to spend three years working on a record i like to i like to take a week or two and um and just let it let it happen you know mm-hmm. um if a, we went in with this last record and if uh you know we had a we had about a week to record it um and so i had about 20 songs and we just whatever was really working if a song wasn't wasn't happening and you know two three four takes we just move on to something else and i think for me that kind of frees up um that frees up the band it frees the any preconceived ideas of what it's going to be. And it just allows something to happen. Um, 
And it's kind of like a little audio postcard from that time. You know, you go back and listen to something from you released 10 years ago and, and it sounds totally different, you know? And I, I think some of the songs that I've recorded that I spent a bunch of time to, like trying to make it work when maybe it wasn't flowing as, as easily, those don't have that same emotional connection as the ones that I just, that just kind of came out. Okay. Yeah. See, I always ask that question because to me, band, it's funny, like with, with albums, a lot of people say that I do themes. I've never did themes. And I, I won't say never because the one I'm working on now has a theme, but it's only because like you just said, it actually came by organically We're I'm here with the band playing and I, I wrote a song about a stripper because I used to work at a strip club. I was a bouncer and I did the door and I was like, you know what? Let's write. I'm just going to mess around and write a song about a stripper. And then Jordan had a saxophone and we had a guy playing bass and some electric guitar going into it. I was like, that is so good. I said, let's do this song and build the album around it. But you, you had mentioned something. I'm going to show you real quick. I, I've never shown anybody else this, but I'll show you because you, you mentioned that. It was kind of funny. Um, how you said like you have more songs than anybody will ever hear that you have, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way. I have, this is my, I have an idea what I want to do, but again, it's budget wise. So uh, I'm going to do an album of songs that I can't, that the band doesn't work, work for the band called Greatest Hits You've Never Heard. <laughs> there you so, go. I'll, I'll shorten it way down now, but this is just songs that I wrote that I was like, okay, it don't really fit with a band. So I'll put like, and I really like them. And it's like, okay, I'm making, I'm like greatest hits you've never heard. I love it, man. Yeah. And that's, you know, you might one day that's to me, it's like everybody, each one of us, whether we're artists or not, every day we have a little bit different feeling and we have different things, you know, that are either, uh, exciting or maybe challenges, whatever it might be each day is a new, it's got its own fingerprint. So mm -hmm. as an artist, I find that if I go in to a recording session, even day by day, I might want one song to work, but that day's challenges or influences or whatever, you just, that fingerprint of that day comes up and you got to, you got to kind of step out of the way and just let it happen. Um, so I've, it's taken me a long time to, to really try and be true to that because you do want certain songs to work as a songwriter, but I feel like um, the songwriting work is, is usually done once you're in the studio for the most part. And so you gotta, you gotta kind of just, step back and, and let uh, whatever's going to happen kind of have space for that, that flow. Now you mentioned that you, cause you write a lot of songs. I get that too. Is there an artist that you would want to sing your songs? Oh man. Um, I've never been asked that question. That's a good question. I guess my, it's got my brain going in all sorts of different directions. <laughs> Do they have to be alive or not? No, um, there's there's no right or wrong answer in these questions. <laughs> I always wanted to do a uh, my my grandfather when he was alive. He's the one who taught me guitar, and his favorite singer was George Jones. And I was like, oh, I've got to find a way to do a song with George Jones. Just send it to him or have him, you know, pay him to come sing with me. 
and I never got to because they passed away. So it can be live or dead. It, it doesn't. It doesn't okay. Apart. You know, I guess as far as the the folks that aren't around anymore, a couple of my favorites are Johnny Cash and Tom Petty. Um, I think that would be, you know, that'd be pretty amazing. Uh, as far as live artists, um, you know, I, <laughs> it'd be interesting to hear one time I worked as a backstage security for, uh, Nora Jones and it'd be interesting to hear somebody with a really beautiful voice, take a song that I'm used to singing kind of with that gravelly um, you know, Southern baked in Southern accent. It'd, it'd be interesting to hear her, um, take on something. Okay. See, and I, I like when I, I'm doing an album collaboration for that very reason, because I, I had that same, I asked that question because to me, it's like as a songwriter, you can only do so much. Like I write songs that are outside of my range. I write them in my range, but I know it's like, it'd sound better. Like you said, Nora Jones, would do it. So I'm doing a collaboration album here with the, the people from Georgia. I'm writing or co-writing and I'm letting them sing it. And so it's, it's always intrigues me other songwriters opinions about that, because I know for me, I, I don't care if I'm in front, I'd rather sit there, play the guitar and just write the music. I don't have to be in the front, but we all know if you want your songs heard, you got to get out and play them. That's it. Yeah. I, I would love to take a step back as and not have to be the the front person, but, um, you know, we just gotta, like you said, we gotta do whatever we gotta do to keep, keep the, the dream going. And, and that takes singing your song the way you're hearing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it would be amazing to have, have somebody run with that and take it in a new direction. What a, what an honor that, that would be. Now, if you wouldn't do music, what do you think you'd be doing? Um, if I, if money was no object, <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, or just, you know, as things stand right now, <laughs> yeah, if, if you couldn't do music anymore, what do you think you'd be doing? If, if money was no, you can answer two part. You can say if the money was no object is a, I would be doing this, but if it was, you know, if it was just, I couldn't do music again and this was, you know, my, I broke my hands and I couldn't ever play again. Oh man. Um, I'd probably, I'd still need some creative outlet. So I'd want to, I also do painting. Um, if my hands were broken though, maybe I would, um, I just have to keep writing. Maybe I'd write books and, and get somebody just record it and have somebody else type it out for me. Um, I really do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Audio books. I really do love the farm work. I think it's, um, it's, it's really good for the soul. We've, we've gotten pretty comfortable in this modern life. I think we got, we've gotten so used to so many creature comforts, mm -hmm. um, that it can kind of lead us to, um, not being happy, always being happy with what we, what we have. So I feel like the farm work helps really helps ground me. Um, I think it's, it's good. It's good exercise. It's good mineral intake. And, uh, so I think I always want to be able to, to grow my own food would be definitely a, a goal, no matter if, if money's a thing or not. Um, I think 
if money was no object, I'd like to spend more time on a beach, okay. be able to swim in the ocean more often. Um, <laughs> where would you go? Where's your, where's your ideal beach vacation spot, home spot? Oh man. I don't know. I've, I haven't been to too many beaches, but, um, I did just, uh, I was able to, a friend of mine helped me be able to go to uh, Hawaii last month. I took my son first real vacation since, since COVID. And um, we had a few days over there and we got to snorkel in one of the spots that Jerry Garcia liked to snorkel in oh, wow. over there on the big Island. And, uh, and it was just, it's such an amazing, it's the closest thing I think to, to being able to fly when you're under the water like that mm -hmm. and, and you can it's just a whole other world under there and uh feels like you're i kind of imagine that's what it would be like if you're able to fly uh, that's that feeling of kind of looking down on on a whole new ecosystem so and, and that's a vacation that your son will always remember. I know when, when I got divorced, I got, I didn't get custody of my son. So me and him took a father son trip to California. So we flew all the way out to uh, LA and then we drove um, down to San Diego and we went to the, got the Pacific ocean and we, we saw the, the, uh, the zoo, San Diego zoo. And then we drove the one one all the way up to San Francisco and got to go like right past it to the Merle woods, uh, but that was something he always remembers. And I remember because we got stuck in the LA airport because of the weather. So we had to sleep in the airport. So he slept. I kind of stayed awake and let him just sleep on my lap the whole time. But he always remembers that trip, that one. And the trip we took to Michigan because, because <laughs> we went to Michigan for spring break. Nothing's open in Michigan at that time. He had such a horrible time. <laughs> oh man. Well, he's making memories. That's important. That's right. Uh, absolutely. Sometimes they don't remember the parts you think they're going to, but it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing to have, have a chance to make those memories. And then they remember it differently. Like, Oh, you made me do this daddy. Like, that's not how it was. <laughs> I, I, had that, I had that with my daughter yesterday. She was telling me, she said, Oh yeah, I did this. Like, no, you didn't. That was me. Uh-uh. And she was like, <laughs> yeah, we, they can be uh we all get a little revisionist history with those, some of those memories. Mm -hmm. My mom used to tell me that when she was alive, that, you know, I, I, I remember things wrong. I was like, no, I didn't. Cause I remember my dad threw me down a mountain and he, she goes, he didn't throw you down the mountain. I said, did I go, did I fall down the mountain or not? I said, yes. I said, cause he pushed me and I fell down the damn mountain, the Kennesaw mountain. We were hiking up and down it and I wasn't going fast enough. He gave me a little nudge. And I fell down the damn mountain. I slid, I don't know how far, but I ended up hitting my, like my, my tailbone on a stump. And I mean, I got hurt and I was so mad. And she goes, he didn't throw you. I was like, he pushed me. That's the same thing as throwing me off the damn mountain. <laughs> Cause I asked her, did I fall off the mountain? Yes or no? She goes, and then she started trying to explain it. Like, no, no, no. It's a yes or no question. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's Amazing. listen to one more of your songs. Uh, I get a little bit long winded sometimes, Ryan. So uh, let's get you. Get you one okay. more song on here. Yeah, Which one yeah. Gonna... Um, what about another one off the new record? Uh, song "Sweep the Floor." Sure. Um, I, I guess I thought this was a love song. I wrote this before I, before my marriage kind of blew up. Um, 
but I thought it was going to, I thought it was kind of a love song, but I guess looking back on it, it's a little, it's, uh, it's got kind of a mix going there. Um, the imagery is kind of that, you know, longing for that person you love to come back. And I don't know, I guess being on the porch, sweeping the, sweeping the porch, hoping they come back kind of a vibe. Okay. I got a very vivid visual now of somebody just sitting there and sweeping all night and waiting for that, for that person to come home and they never do. So they just sweep to the end of time. <laughs> Years ago I met you In the city I was on my heels I never thought about another woman Maybe that's how true love feels It was hard keeping my eyes From seeing you in every crowd Until my body dies I've been loving you Now you're gone Lived for Colorado All I can do is sweep the floor Run it back and forth Darling and wonder How many surprises Are still in store You're driven to keep your dreams Staying ready for the cold I hope you're driven right to the edge Of how much joy you can hold Till you're gone and live Colorado All I can do is sweep the floor Run it back and forth Darling and wonder How many surprises Are still in store
running back and forth, darling, and wonder how many surprises are still in store. Years ago I met you in the city I was on my heels. That is such an easy listening song. Right on, thanks, man. There's something about a harmonica that just makes a southern vibe into a song right away. You just I had this visual of of a guy, like an old timey guy sitting at a gas station, you know, like in the dust bowl kind of thing, just middle of nowhere sweeping cars driving by and he's just waiting you know but he's just sweeping sweeping the floor that's that's a visual that popped in my head when i listened to that song i dig it man right on there was a again i go back to george jones when he did that video of um who's gonna fill their shoes and like he goes in the gas attendant and the guy's sweeping he's got like all the the stars and the stuff that's come through with all like the lefty and the hank and you know that that's what it made me think of oh good such a such yeah. a good song. Very you're right. Very visual that one is. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to write more with that in mind these days. Um, and I've been playing a lot more harmonica. That was something I I tried for years to get the harmonica to make sense, and then still <laughs> trying. It finally just clicked. I don't know. As I I've asked some people, I've been lucky enough to to be around you know you know how do you how do you do it i always remember one of the things ryan bingham told me he's like well because i was like do you do you know each note you're playing and he's like no it's just like riding bulls you just close your eyes and hold on for dear life <laughs> and that yeah. kind of yep. that freed me up to to not try and have a technique but just play what i would want to hear mm-hmm. I, I don't have any idea what notes I'm playing. I just do it now. <laughs> See what, and I'm, I learned a little bit because I, I bought a harmonica set. And what I didn't realize is like, if you're in a key of G, the harmonica needs to be in the key of something else. It's like it transposes into it. And like when you blow in, it's one note. And when you breathe in, it's another note. So you're doing different notes. I'm the same way. I don't know what I'm playing, but I know I'm in the right key. So I'm going to just assume that that's where it's supposed to be. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> just get in your sweet spot and and, and do your thing Usually was, right there in the middle <laughs> yeah exactly my um i guess one of the things my breakthrough for whatever reason i think it's just a mental thing it's not um doesn't really make sense but i was i got to be friends with bob dylan's harmonica tech mm-hmm. and at the end of that tour we were on, he gave me one of Bob's old harmonicas. And that um, was a cherished thing. And I felt really, you know, lucky to, to get that. And so the next couple of weeks, I was just going around whatever city we were in, playing that harmonica and, and just thinking, you know, how do I make this 
be part of my own music. And then it just, something clicked. I think I just got past that mental block of like, it has to be done a certain way. Um, and I just kind of freed up a little bit and it's been easier ever since I'm still learning, but it sure is. Uh, it's nice when you, you have those little breakthroughs, you know? Well, I mean, if you see those guys, because there's a guy here in Georgia named Ben Bostic. He's kind of a, he's like a one-man show. He's got like the drum kits on his feet, and he's got a harmonica, and he's playing guitar. He, I mean, I don't know how he does all that, but I'm sitting there, and I, I bought one of those little neck things for your so you can play guitar and do harmonica at the same time. One, it's really hard to sing when it's right there in your face, and then you got to like reach into it, and if the damn knob is loose and it starts falling, you're, just, <laughs> you're, so, you're in so much trouble. But I mean, you can only go like that much. There's like not a lot of space you can really move your head. It, it doesn't. It's not. It's not very movable. <laughs> it's not comfortable. And and another thing that happens to me a lot when I when I let my beard grow out, mm-hmm. it sticks. The, those little hairs right around your mouth they stick in that harmonica. And when you pull away to start singing, it rips those little hairs out. Boy, so if you ever. If you're out there listening and you ever see me live and I have a weird look on my face after a harmonica solo, it's probably because it just tore some hair out of my face. <laughs> the harmonica just bit him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I haven't tried to. I'm, I let my beard grow. At one time, I was saying long would grow. I hadn't. I haven't tried to play with a lot a lot of facial hair. Now that you said that, I'm like, do I really want to go try? Because I'm sitting there listening to that. Now I want to write another harmonica song. Cause I've only had one where I could play it and do the harmonica at the same time. And I was like, okay, it probably doesn't sound right, but it's in the right key and it's the right way. And I don't care. So <laughs> that's, that's all it takes, brother. Just keep doing it. I think that's one, that's one instrument. If you play it wrong, it doesn't sound wrong. <laughs> right. But you know, when you get a good heart player and there's like Clint black or somebody and they're just blowing the hell out of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. So Definitely. I've had a good time, Ryan. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's, it's good to hear a southern accent. <laughs> that I have. That I have in spades. <laughs> I had a who was it? Um, I had a lady come on the other day. She's from California. And uh no, Arizona. She's out in Arizona. And she's oh, first thing she's oh, you got a country accent. I was like, Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's funny. I went to Vegas and one lady thought I was from Ireland. I'm like, no. I'm from Georgia, but okay. <laughs> I never got that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's amazing. But again, I want to thank you, brother, for coming on the show. I've had so much fun and it's it's been good to meet you. And like I said, you're more than welcome to come on anytime. We do like besides regular interviews, I do album reviews, and mine are a little different. I don't critique it. Basically, you tell me the story, we listen to the music. That's how I do it. Okay, cool. Let's get together and when the this next record comes out, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. You just reach out to me and we can do it a couple of different ways. If you catch me at the right time, we can we can do it before it gets released and I'll time it so that it's released on the day of your release. So whatever day you release it, I'll release the interview and it'll be coming out at the same time. Uh, otherwise, it'd be like this where I pre-record it and then I'll let you know before I do it. What I've had to start doing is because I've got because uh, B Squared reached out. And they sent me all these artists when I said, yeah, send me whoever you got. I did not realize how many people that they represented at the time. And so they sent me so many people. I was like, okay, now I've got to release two episodes a week on top of the countdown so I can get some of the people caught up. And I'll do the same thing with your song. When, when it, when your uh, episode comes out, 
one is like your new album, the uh, the from twenty two. I will start putting in rotation into uh, New Music Monday, which is my radio station, Georgia Songbird Radio. Uh, I'll do like one song like every other week or something and put it in. So it's in regular rotation. Uh, but when this episode comes out, what I'll do is I do a, a weekly top 10 countdown and I send it to other radio stations on top of mine to play. And it's a fan-based vote. So what it does is if you, there's 14 songs, the top 10 move forward each week. If you last for 12 weeks, and you don't have to hit number one or anything. If you do, great. But if you don't, if you just last for 12 weeks, then there's a radio station in Paris that will do like a little featurette and play your music in Paris too. Oh, amazing. Right on. That's so, cool. I'll let you know when it gets closer. That's that's cool stuff. Um, it's always fun. Always <laughs> looking for, for help, you know, at this level and um, just keep keep the search going. Right. And see, that's what I think everybody needs is a little bit of help because it's, it's hard. It's hard. To, I mean, I know people can do it yourself. There's a lady in Nashville, Claire Cunningham that came on a show years ago. I was in the first Georgia versus series made her grand Ole Opry debut last weekend, the 18th. So, I mean, she does it herself, but I know that how hard it is trying to get it. So that's why I tell, I told you earlier, you can shout out to whoever you want to. I have no problem. You giving props to everybody that does it. Right on. I appreciate you, man. Keep, sure. keep up the good work. Okay, before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. And I have one more question always in the episode. Before that, tell everybody all your social media, where they can find you, your website, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, you can uh, you can find me at, I have a website, ryandartmusic.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, at ryandartmusic, and Facebook as well, uh, ryandartsmusic. And... Um, yeah, you can reach out anytime. Okay. And I think I followed you on all those. I try to follow everybody that comes on the show uh, just to support anywhere I can. Uh, but the always question I like to end the episodes on is give everybody uh, or tell everybody the best advice that you ever you ever got. I guess to keep it keep it succinct and, and short um, is just to be authentic. You know, we're all we're all so unique and it's easy, especially in this modern day uh, to try and try and chase what fans might want. But I think really being authentic and just, just stay in the course, keep being you. That's, that's the best advice I've gotten. Okay. And I'm glad you said that I've told my daughter and my son too, but more my daughter is like, she wants to get on social media and I won't let her on like TikTok and stuff like that. Cause I think that's crazy for kids and their Instagram. She only can do for her dog and only her friends can see it. I think, I think that's the problem is everybody gets in those, that, that fake world of social media. And they think that they have to act a certain way or follow this certain person and do it this way. And they lose what you just said, their authenticity of who they are because they're their kids. I mean, get a, let's face it, young people and even older people sometimes don't know who they are. They're still trying to find themselves as an artist, as a person. And you're you're looking at all these social media things, which is not real. It's like watching reality TV. It's not real. But if they think it is and they want to follow those footsteps, it, it, it can blind them to what actually happens. Yeah, and you start comparing yourself to those people, and comparison is the thief of joy. So the the more you're doing that, the less happy we are as a, as a society. I think. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. But 
again, thank you both for coming on the show. I had fun, Ryan. Right on. I appreciate you. Look sure. forward to, to talking again, Jesse. Just reach on out to me when you're ready. Thanks, brother. All right, everybody. This is Georgia Songbirds, and that was Ryan Dart. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you.